And then themes. Like, I feel like in um, themes, we could, like, definitely talk about what we got into today of, like, well, so then what was, the, like, is mercy good? Is it bad? Like, what 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 are we trying to teach us here? Um, oh, I think I'll kill myself in the middle of those. <laughs> yeah. Who would you want to I, run the, the podcast ones, after, you're, after you're done? Like, who do you want to, like, take I, over for you? I think you two should fight it out. Um, That's such a cop-out Who would answer. you get... So my question is, would you guys go for a third chair or are you just going to duo it? Oh, that's a good question. So are we just going to be like, hey, guys, um, so Jen died. <laughs> and then be like, all right, let's, let's talk about the, the hundred. <laughs> Maybe we'll like hold a contest after that pod and be like, come audition. Like in people. Yeah. yeah, because I auditioned both of you guys and it's worked out well. Yeah. I guess. Uh, are you ready? Are you yep. ready? Are you ready? Yep. Okay. So, hey, everybody. <laughs> welcome to May We Geek Again, episode 11, where we talk about things about the stuff. Hey, guys. That's 100. Hey, I didn't... Uh, you're not supposed to speak until I introduce you. God, this is going horribly already. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Shaheen. No! My blog is freefloatingperspective.wordpress.com. <laughs> Um, I hand it over to Jen. It's the it's the Shaheen show all of a sudden. How did that happen? Maybe like I mean I'm just saying like maybe we you could boss us a little less. Like we can introduce ourselves. <laughs> like maybe oh, maybe wow. we were in the wow. This is the beginning, Jen. Wow. This is the beginning. <laughs> the reason it's starting to shine. Your stranglehold hey everybody. Everything. So, it's coming Okay, around. well You're seeing the cracks. The resent the resentful one is Joe. The uh, the Maverick is Shaheen, and I'm Jen, your host, <laughs> for May We Geek Again. We're talking about a show called The 100, and we're ready to grab this podcast by the horns. That's where I was going to go with that joke, guys. I wasn't going to say the P word. Uh, so, the, that, that, was, that must have been the worst cue ever. I don't know what to I know, do it's horrible. I'm, I'm just not going to. I shouldn't overthink these things. Um, so you can no, find us. No, you're great, on, Jen. No, you're great, Shaheen. Thank you. We should just ditch Joe and run off together I and do podcasts. You. I mean, <laughs> oh, you're still it's here. Not gonna be, it's not going to be funny. <laughs> wow. More condemnation and resentment from Joe. Uh, welcome to the beginning and the end, everybody. Um, listeners, you can find us on social media at May We Geek Again on Twitter and Facebook. And Shaheen, you want to you wanna pimp your blog again? Because I think I probably talked over you, as I usually do. Um, sure. Freefloatingperspective.wordpress.com. Okay. And my blog is declareshenanigans.com. And Joe doesn't want to promote anything because she fears all y'all and doesn't want to expose herself to the internet. I also just don't. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really want to flash the internet, but I also don't really do anything online. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't really uh, do anything online except... Right? I mean, you're just friends. You, you're just friends with the online. <laughs> <laughs> There's just yeah. yeah. She's friend zoned online. She's not. She's not really <laughs> looking for a relationship there. I like to keep it loose. 
So we like to keep it raw on the set. I believe that's a Beastie Boy lyric. I can't, I don't know. Um, so we are talking about season three of the hundred and we're covering episodes three through nine or, uh, God, I'm not even drinking. We're covering episodes nine through 12. Yes. Um, and let me, let, before we, before we get into it, let me give you the writing credits for these episodes. So episode nine is stealing fire by Heidi Cole McAdams. Uh, episode 10 is fallen by, uh, Charmaine de Grat and Javi. And I'm not like, a, I'm not going to try to do his last name cause I just can't nevermore written by Kem Shumway and demons written by Justine Yule Gilmer. And yes, that is the correct pronunciation of her name. Um, Yule as in Yule Brenner, the bald guy in the King and I, and everyone just turned off like, ah, she's so old. So, um, guys, yeah, guys, episode, uh, impressions of this batch. I know Shaheen wanted to talk about it. So take it away, guys. Um, yeah. So I, I think that, um, I've said this before that one of the great things about the hundred is that, um, and I think this has been true since season one, that every episode kind of has its own feel to it. Um, and I mean, this may not be true about every single episode, but there are so many episodes where it's like every episode has its own uh, atmosphere and its own story kind of, uh, or its own theme or concept. Um, almost, if, almost as if it's like written by a different person every time. That's weird. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm that <a> too. <clears throat> but um, so, and, and this batch of episodes, I think is very uh, indicative of that. Uh, stealing fire has this kind of weird, like doomsday feeling to it. Everything's falling apart. And then you have fallen, uh, you know, it has a completely different feel. Um, but it's awesome, you know, that you have all these, um, situations with choice, uh, and free will and all of that. And then there's 11, nevermore, that has this creepy, um, possessed person kind of feel the to exorcist. it. exorcist? Um, <laughs> yeah. And then there's demons, which I have nothing to say about, um, other than the fact that Jaha and Polis is awesome, but I have nothing to say about that episode. Sorry, Danny. Okay. Um, <laughs> I know that, I mean, the best interpretation I've heard about demons is that uh, these episodes are exploring uh, themes of humanity and demons is about fear. And so like fallen would be free will. And But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I think you're rather... You, yeah. you didn't like demons? Like to care. say... I don't have anything to say about it. You really didn't like it. I don't care about it. I think you're dismissing some of the stuff that was covered in Demons that I think is kind of important. And we'll get into that later. Um, Joe, what, what's your take on this batch? And I also, episode? I should also say. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Shaheen, did I cut you off? Go, sorry. sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also think that demon, Demons sucks because. <laughs> Um, oh wow! Steven sucks now. Wow. Well, I have was... nothing to say about that episode too. It outright sucks. Because uh, Emerson should have never come back. Not at least not this season. Um, the sort of 
mythology of Emerson being the last mountain man sort of ro- roaming around uh, was great. It should have kept it at that. They should have kept it at that. And bringing him back wasted. and killing him did, did nothing to advance the story. The only thing that happened in that episode was that um, Antari was offered the chip and that was it. Um, like, I disagree. It, I disagree. Wait, 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 wait. Like, it was... I, I never kind of really thought about that, that, like, they totally wasted the potential of a really great, like, surprise villain down the line. Yeah. Like, yeah, but, Emerson mean, showing it, back up at some point would be fucking awesome. But, again, guys, though, doesn't it kind of just fit in with the way this whole season is paced? It's just, like, quick, 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 quick hits. No, but, like... Um, and nothing gets it, it gets room to breathe. Like, you are right. Emerson coming back season four, like, out in, out in nowhere, like, repelling in... And, like, punching Clark and, like, killing somebody would have been fucking... He's repelling in from, like, I don't know, from, like, a mountain or some shit. Like, like, I mean, like, Batman coming in. But, like, an evil Batman? But, like, totally cool. Yeah, no, like, absolutely. And I'm saying that, like, there was no need for them to rush that into this episode when the character growth that did happen in this episode could have happened in another situation. Like, they didn't have to bring him back for this growth. Like it could no, but I, I also think that we're overlooking something that perhaps I read into the the episode. And we, like I said, we can get into that a little bit later when we discuss right. um, some characters. All right, sorry, sorry. Um, Shaheen, are you done? Yeah. Or, or do you? Oh, oh my God! All right. So permission, Joe, to move forward with your salty, resentful self. I'm. That's just an unfair characterization. Okay, let's go. Let's go, Edge Lord. <laughs> Uh, this is a shit go. show of an episode already. <laughs> yeah, this is not apologies in advance. Like, sorry, everybody. We'll probably we'll probably disband the uh, the whole the whole podcast uh, project by the end. Like, yeah, if we no. make it if we make it like thirty minutes in, I'll be surprised. Here's hoping. Um, All right, go. So, so what did you think about these four episodes, Joza, as a block? Um. Didn't I already like talk about that? Uh, I mean, we, I don't, I don't know. Did we? Okay. Well, I mean, we kind of, we kind of discussed a little bit with, uh, with Shaheen. Um, for my, pers- from my perspective, there's a couple really great episodes in here. One of my favorite episodes, I think, of the series is probably Fallen, uh, by uh, Charmaine and Javi. Yeah, and I'm really, I'm really, awesome. uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm super excited to see what Charmaine does with. Season four, she just concluded filming for dot oh six up in Vancouver. So they're moving along at a nice little pace up there. But I, I can't wait to see what she does. Uh, I think as a solo writer, I believe on that episode. Um, Fallen was awesome. Nevermore had a lot of the character work that I think we had all been waiting for when it comes to the delinquents. Um, with Raven kind of being that brutally honest person that we've that missed. No, there's, there's a brute, there's an honesty to her, but there's also the brutality of what she's saying that she specifically does that, uh, to get a rise out of people so she can figure out where they are. Uh, the real Raven would never do that. Um, I believe anyway. So let's, let us move on to talk about some, major themes that were touched on these episodes. So I, from, from Twitter, um, we've got 
one of the one of the the accounts over in France, um, the 100 Hypno series, they really are interested in what we have to say about the Jaha Ali relationship, um, and and I really love I, I love trying to examine this relationship because it's it's undetermined and how. I guess it's not undetermined, but Jaha, out of everybody else, seems to have more autonomy than anyone else mm-hmm. in the City of Light. And apart from Allie, he acts kind of as as her advisor rather than as one of the occupants of the City of Light. So, what do you get? What is your take on that relationship? Is he completely autonomous, or is he under any sway by Allie? So, can we back up a little bit? Um, uh, yes. <laughs> I wanna, I, I, I wanna yeah, back up a little cause bit trouble? on this. Let's just, let's go back to Jaha's speech, uh, where wait did you- we didn't even we weren't even at Jaha's speech. How can we back up to something we never even discussed? Um, well, what I meant by that <laughs> <laughs> is that um, conceptually back up. Let's go to I where this to all started, right? So are you are you are you talking about the free will speech? Yeah. So yeah, that's like my favorite part of the whole fallen thing. Yeah, it's great. So before that, presumably there was no coercion. Um, now that's where the coercion starts uh, with that speech. And if you yeah. listen to it carefully, uh, Jaha says two things. It seems like at least two things happen, um, or he suggests two things. One of them is is this way, this clever way to get around uh, this requirement that whoever takes the chip must. Uh, consent to it. They must say yes to the chip. Uh, otherwise, it wouldn't work or something. So no, that no, 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 no. You're you're confusing consent and free will. They have to consent to take the chip. Uh, no, hold on. Uh, just hear me out. So okay, Ali has this requirement that whoever takes the chip has to have said yes. Uh, if you just shove it down their throat, it won't work. That seems to be what's the case. So Jaha says, okay. Well, what we can do is we can put them in such a painful situation that they will definitely say yes to the chip. If it's the chip or some really awful outcome that they don't want or something oh, very okay. painful, then they will say yes to the chip. So uh, we, we're kind of getting around this requirement uh, to have them take the chip. Um, basically, they're still given a, quote, choice. <clears throat> But the choice is uh, very limited at that point. So um, this is one thing that happens. <clears throat> the second thing that happens is he, he suggests that Ali use their bodies as tools, right? He says that um, our bodies uh, should just be used after we take the key. Uh, he says after we give consent and take the key, our bodies should be used as tools to convert more people into the city of light. Okay. And so this, and, and he compares it to the to the missiles, and he says, like, uh, we're no different than the missiles that you launched. So, um, and so the idea is, uh, and he says that the goal is to save humanity by migrating it to the city of light. Um, and so our bodies should be used as tools towards this goal. Okay, so now this is ambiguous. There are two ways you can interpret this. The second part of it. 
the first part, which is about like how we get them to take the key, that's clear to me. Um, there's some form of torture, whether it's psychological or mental, something that gives them like a choice that they, they will definitely pick the key or with a very high probability uh, or whatever. Uh, but the second part of it, which says our bodies should be used as tools, as tools is a little um, vague for me. So uh, one way to understand it is that um, their minds are migrating to the city of light. So their, their consciousness, like we talked about, is being copied to the city of light. And they're just in their happy land in the city of light. And their bodies are being used as tools. And this happens, for example, to Raven, right? Um when partially when she is well yeah and there's the there is a part where this happens right where she is um just ali has completely taken over right and so raven has become ali as it were and and then they, they say where's raven she says raven is in the city of light so uh impl this implies that raven's mind is now in the city of light but her body including her brain is now uh under Ali's control. Now, um, the second interpretation is that Ali starts to sort of control their minds in 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 a sense that implies sort of manipulating them or forcing them to do things that they would have otherwise rejected. Um, you know. Um, that they're still, it's their consciousness, but they're, they're being somehow made to do these things. Um, so it's whether or not they're like checked out, like mentally, or if like they are aware that this stuff is happening and they're being forced to do it. Like that's the distinction. Um, yeah. Like, uh, does that make sense? Is that the yeah, no, no. Like if, if, yeah. If, yeah, I don't, I don't think and, and the, so, the show doesn't make it clear. This, yeah. And this is like, there's evidence for both of them on the screen. The, the, the problem is that there's situations where it's like Ali is completely taken over, um, you know, and then there's situations where it looks like this person is just being forced to do things. Um, and why, I think why that, can't, why can't it both be the, why can't they both be the case? Well, okay. So the second one is in, uh, has a lot of problems. First of all, it's in conflict with Ali's core command because she said that she can't just ignore free will and and choice. So yes, yes, she can. Well, she said to Jaha, that's it's part of my of core command. I can't. But that's part of them. that's the whole point of their conversation of Fallen Shaheen is that he finds a way around that restriction of right free will. the idea is that we can't override it but let's find a way around it and mm -hmm. the way around it is to just to get them to take the key but the it, it, there's how is it that after they take the key now every action beyond that point is also under ali's control that is unless you tell them this is the terms of taking the key um they haven't consented to every, to, they, they didn't consent to becoming slaves. They just consented to taking the key. Right. So you, it, the, the fact that she, she shouldn't be able to control every other action beyond that. And that, that's, that's all. I mean, th it's also in conflict with the very idea of preserving their consciousness. I mean, the idea is I want to save their minds. Their bodies don't matter. I want to save their consciousness. Their body's going to die in six months anyway. Um, I want to save their minds, uh, but you can't save a mind 
by controlling it. I mean that the two things are in conflict with each other. Well, it's that, also that's in not, conflict. That's, Allie doesn't care about that. I don't Allie understand has, what that means. Like if you if you control a mind, then you've destroyed it. Her goal is to save people's minds. No, her goal is to save humanity. Yeah, their their consciousness, not their not their physical existence. She, that's but, but that's never, something that she doesn't care about. Do we think that she understands humanity enough, though? Like, do no, we think? Like, no, it's that it's obvious. Simply I, I don't preserving think that their matters. consciousness. Does that matter? Well, yes, no. Of so this it is, matters. This is, wait, wait. Yeah. So this is like based on what your question is. Like, what is actually her definition of saving humanity? I don't think that we necessarily even got that answer because if you're saying that to preserve someone, you know, the humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, what what does that mean? Like, is preserving their mind and just having them like frozen well, in I that take consciousness? It at, it at least implies that if you're saving ten people, that you would at least have ten minds in your system, right? And she does, but she has, but them. she like, doesn't. Every she, who does if it. you control them, then uh, that mind becomes your mind. No, if so, she just makes a copy of it and sends the copy of it to the City of Light. Um, yeah, a copy of a of, a, a, of a full mind. A copy of a full mind is an algorithm that makes decisions. So you have to go in and interrupt those decisions and replace them with your own decisions, in which case you've replaced the mind with your mind. Okay, so but she is doing this. Okay, so what it, what she's doing is she's she's taking people's minds and she's controlling them. She's controlling them to an end to get everybody into the city of light. There is no telling what she would do with those minds after everyone has been migrated to the city of light. Uh-huh. She could possibly say, "Okay, you guys are now your consciences now are free. They can do whatever they want within the city of light within reason." Um, again, to the to the point of does she understand what humanity is I would say obviously not that's the that is the point to the the whole city of light storyline that's the point to Allie and the reason why the the two-part finale is called perverse instantiation she does not understand what humanity is because she cannot experience what humanity is okay I I, I don't understand what that means what do you mean she does not understand what humanity do you think she do you think she understands what love is? Um love is a physiological reaction and she she's as capable of understanding what that is as, as anyone. But she can't experience it. Um understanding why does that and matter? experiencing all she are has two, to do two is, very different things. All she has to do is be able to predict it. She doesn't have to be able to experience it. Mm, she she must be I able don't know. to predict I, it. I, I don't I don't think that there is you're the, the one what you're saying is there's something about humanity that's unpredictable uh, that uh, is nevertheless no I'm saying there's something important. about humanity that ex- is experiential like you can't just so for instance somebody could describe to you what a pizza is say you've never had pizza somebody could describe to you what a pizza is. Um, and say perhaps that you've had all the components of what would comprise a pizza. You've had the cheese, the tomato sauce, the, the, the bread, all that, all the good stuff. But until you actually have a piece of pizza, you don't understand what the, what the experience of eating a pizza is. Somebody could describe to you that eating a pizza is X, Y, and Z. It's the best thing ever. It's gooey. It's chewy. It's wonderful. 
you have no way of knowing what that is. You can uh, extrapolate from like experiences that you've had, but I don't even think Allie can extrapolate from like experiences. She doesn't, she's missing that component. Um, uh, what you're saying is what philosophers called qual, uh, call qualia. Uh, so the, the classic example in the literature is uh, this neuroscientist, Mary, who is in this room her entire life. And the room is in black and white. And uh, she reads books about neuroscience and, you know, looks at graphs and, um, you know, slides and everything. So she knows everything about the experience of red. She knows what that is uh, neurophysiologically. Um, but she's never seen red. Um, and the idea is when she sees her first red apple, uh, is does she learn something new? Uh, so that's what you're pointing out. But I mean, that's, I, mean, I, I, also... I don't want to take a side on that issue. Uh, what I, I, what I'm saying is, hornet's nest. <laughs> <laughs> I, what I want to say is regardless of what you think about that, with, whether you think that Mary, there was something Mary didn't know before um, or not, there was nothing that she couldn't predict before. That's always true. Um, if she wanted to predict a, the behavior of someone who's seeing red, she would be able to do that. Um, but she just, I, there's wait, this wait, other wait, thing. Wait, 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 wait. You're talking about the behavior. Like, so that's an external action. Like what Ali isn't going to be able to replicate are the internal feelings it doesn't those aren't matter. necessarily all like needs... chemical like that's like is that doesn't humanity matter. it's is, all connected. or is humanity what I mean, humanity produces look it's all interconnected what i'm saying is she can predict those internal states that you're talking about um and based on those predictions predict the behavior ultimately what she wants is to replicate the behavior but um Either way, she would have to either, even if she wanted to replicate the behavior, I do believe that she would have to replicate those internal whatever. But um, she can predict all of that. She doesn't have to have personal, first personal experience of what they are. And this is one of the reasons that I, and another problem that I have with this whole chunk of the, the season is that Ali is not presented as a smart AI at all. Uh, the, the kinds of things that she does, even if you say she doesn't understand humanity, whatever that means, in the sense that you're talking about that she doesn't have, she makes terrible predictions. I mean, <laughs> like, she. <laughs> so you're saying all she had to do was predict and then now you're saying she was bad at it? Yeah, I mean, like, she should have understood. It doesn't matter if you understand humanity, whatever. You should understand the idea of backlash, just instrumentally well, I speaking, I, just, so, just so as a person who you, wants to get you, to the you, end, you uh, should understand there are certain things that if I do, there will be a very harsh and resistant backlash against why? it that might logical? take me down. What if this the is backlash some, isn't logical? Like, why would she assume? What do you what mean by like that? A weird, that it's not thing. about what do you mean by logical? She can predict how they're going to behave. That's no, she obviously she can't predict how like they're going to be because she doesn't understand them. She doesn't understand. Forget about the whole whole humanity uh, 
argument of it. She doesn't understand their behavior, obviously, because she makes bad predictions. So she's obviously flawed. So your your whole argument's based on, well, if she understands their behaviors, she can predict what the reaction is going to be or how they're going to behave. Obviously, she does not understand because she makes bad predictions and she makes bad decisions. Um, And she relies heavily (laughs) on Jaha to... Jaha is like... um, Jaha is like the, the horse whisperer with her. Like... Like he, she needs him to explain to her how people are reacting, how to explain reality, how to explain why Raven resists her. Like she, there's obviously a huge portion of what she should understand that's missing because she's very flawed and needs Jaha, who is crazy for coconuts. Um, wasn't that the point of AI point to like uh, Ali 2.0? Like, isn't that the point of the flame? Is yes, that, because is Ali, AI that would understand uh, humanity. Well, the Be- point of the because flame it, it is shared that humanity. It shared a consciousness. The point of the uh, second AI is that it's symbiotic with the human. So the interest of the human is the interest, like the survival interest of the human is the survival interest of. Which is kind of humanity, uh, right? Like, uh, unlike the uh, unlike the first AI, so. uh, it's not. Again, I don't know what this idea of understanding humanity is supposed to be. Both AIs they're explained by um, Becca as basically being simulators. They they simulate different scenarios and they predict what's going to happen, and that requires predicting human behavior. It turns if, out that they're both kind of shitty at it, though, right? If like, they're if both of these AIs <laughs> are so bad at predicting human behavior, then uh, to the level where they don't understand, like, yes, if you start torturing them, they'll hit back. Like, I don't. I'm so stupid. I'm like, how could like, how could any intelligence not be intelligent enough to understand this much? That if I start torturing them, they might resist it. They they might react to it. Yeah. Right. Well, um, so it, it it sounds like to sum up the whole conversation we're having here, the net net of it is Becca's a really bad programmer, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> well, this is like I the think longest that, this is a woman who owns her own company. This is the longest I think rabbit that it hole. Would have this made is, this more is, yeah, sense. This is quite the rabbit hole. I think it would have we've, made we've more sense. We've gone down this though. rabbit hole before, though, guys. So in, in <laughs> is this our favorite? It, it would have made this more is our sense favorite rabbit hole. if uh, Ali had, uh, if the first option that I mentioned was true, right? That the bodies were being used, the body includes the brains, are being used as tools. Of course, you can't get all of the actors to act like Ali, but or, or like act like Erica Sarah. But, you know, the idea would be that their bodies are being used, um, but their minds are in the city of light doing whatever. Um, then she could make the following argument. She could say, look, I know that the world is ending in six months. I know that precancerous lesions are coming. I know that you're going to have no water to drink. Uh, and, you know, I know what suffering you're going to go through. You don't see it because it's six months in the future. and You, you don't have the, um, the advantage of my simulating, si- simulating power. Um, to see it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that uh, suffering and bring it 
closer to you to the present moment. Uh, and then you can make an informed decision. So now you know between that suffering and this chip, which one would you rather take? Um, but so basically you're saying if only Ali had had the desire to gain consent to build consensus and explain her way her actions, which seems like a very human thing. Um, yeah, <laughs> a lot of this could have been avoided. Yeah, and and if she didn't, if the if there was no implication that she's controlling their their minds in the second sense, um, you know, because that just contradicts everything she wants to do. Um, so, you know, and, and like the way like the way that it's weird because some of the characters like Imori seems to have agency too. So I kind of disagree. I think Jen uh, and on on the idea that Jaha is the only one who has agency. Like we seen, we see how Amori, you know, there's, she clearly has a choice about her hand in the city mm-hmm. of light, for example. Uh, and then when she just has the, her little fling with Murphy, um, it, she just seems like herself. I mean, um, you can say that, yeah. uh, Ali is quote, letting her be herself, but, I mean that's theory. What I'm talking about well, what's on well, the screen, they, right? What's on the screen? She also does she the same like- thing with Raven a couple times, or at least once in Nevermore, where Raven seems to be arguing from her own agency when she's not yeah. really. She's just trying and then to. And when they come back, it's like Raven comes back and like instantly she switches, and it's like, well, explain what that was like. Like what what's happening was that you wasn't that. There's was that not no, you. There's like, no time to explain that. You want you want to know what Pete. So here's here's your hang up, Shaheen. Uh, let me let me diagnose you because I am an armchair psychologist. You want to oh. know so badly what it feels like to be in the city of light. And what it what it feels like to go from Don't we all? a a chip state to a non chip state? Um, no, not really. Uh, um, right. You just want to you know want to you want to know this so badly, and and th- that was one of the things that you said in our very first podcast, episode one, way back yeah, in the day. But I think Joe um, agrees with me. What about wanting to know what it's like? Yeah. I mean, if given the opportunity, I mean, I I would need to know more information. Like, if it was just like Allie being like, "Hey, what's up? Like, hey, sh- sh- come here, come here, come here. <laughs> come here. I got something." No, but you've said a few times some? that you wanted to see more City of Light. Yeah, no, right? like, you want I... to see it, but not necessarily experience it yourself. Well, I I don't know what you talk. I mean, I don't experience any of these characters. <laughs> I just see what they do. If they had shown what it's like to it be in the so city literal, of light or if these people who are in the city of light reported wait uh, like you're not saying that you personally want to go to the city of light i can't uh, what like if you if we're no if, look i don't have this problem with like clark i'm not because there's enough explanation because clark reports on her m- mental state or process and because uh, she does things and I see her do things. So if we were in the city of light and we saw people do things or if people who are in the city of light uh, said some things about how they're thinking um, or or when they got out of it, they said things about how they were, you know, it would, it would just be like anything else. It's not like, you know, so there's just no explanation. So, well, let's wrap up this, this, um, this conversation by, 
saying that perhaps since we know there's going to be people who regret their actions um, in the City of Light, I, I think we're going to maybe see a little bit of some insight into what the experience is like being in and out of the City of Light. I don't know, Shaheen, if you're ever going to get your your the answer to your question, whether it was your first scenario of the the mind just being in the city of light or the second scenario where she controls everything and therefore there really are no minds anymore except for her own. I, I don't know if we're ever gonna get that level of detail. I don't I don't know if they went into that level of detail with with thinking about the writing. I think <laughs> Well, yeah, that's why I, I said mean, it's a hot mess of great ideas because I think yeah. the, the the idea of a hive mind uh, that's centrally controlled is interesting. And the idea mm -hmm. of a virtual reality is also interesting, but they're not compatible. So they try to like shove both of them into this one idea and it just doesn't work. I don't, I don't think, I don't think the writers predicted you, Shaheen. Yeah. Nobody saw You're you the coming. Yeah, you're the X factor, man. So let's, guys, let's move on. We have to, we have to move on. Uh, hopefully, uh, Hypno Series on Twitter that, that kind of answered maybe some of what we're thinking about. Uh, about the there might alien. be a lot of similar questions. I actually know, uh, quite a bit about hypnosis too. And, uh, um, no, 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 no. It's not about hypnosis, dude. That's their name on Twitter. If you are on okay. social media, it's uh, well, 100 hypno series is, is their Twitter handle. Well, Fran it like I like... said, a French account. Oh, Jesus. But this, these kinds of questions come up in hypnosis as well. <laughs> okay, guys. Um, let's, let's talk about some of the themes Joe, let's talk about some themes that you want to go over. Shaheen, I don't know if you get a theme because you kind of hijacked mine. Uh, that was my theme. That was one of my themes. So oh, I just well, uh, well, you're cut off now. Joe, go. Joined it to yours. Um, I mean, I, forcibly. That was my I, consent. What? I said forcibly without my consent, <sighs> which is like. A whole theme in and of itself. Yes. Um, um, go, so, so go ahead, Joe. I think that the theme, now that I'm reading my notes, like it actually can apply to like two of these, um, is sort of the delinquents. Um, the other ones apart from like Clark and those who have like had more interactions with um, grounders, but sort of seeing the shared humanity of it, like Murphy saying um, they're just kids at seeing um, the, the little nightblood children. And then yeah. – um, uh, the, your fight is over, uh, you know, at, at the funeral prior with, uh, was it Sinclair and Lincoln? Um, and the delinquents repeated it after Octavia, like to kind of like, I don't know, like it, it just feels like those, you know, our core kitties are more amenable to the idea of like, meshing with grounder society like it's little bits like that like obviously like things are still pretty fucking tense but like uh -huh. just accepting of like sort of language and you know respecting the fact that these are like kids who are going to be expected to kill each other you know like mm -hmm. i don't know it's well something. so i think i think we've touched on this a couple times uh guys when we talk about kind of the commonalities that sky crew and grounders see between us i think mm -hmm. Shaheen has touched on it in the past. So I guess my question would be, well, okay, so here's here's why I'm asking the question, because 
uh, about your, uh, the, the, how, um, the delinquents seem to be okay with meshing some of the, some of the grounder stuff together. So you've got Octavia, obviously, who identifies more grounder. She has meshed, meshed some grounders. She, she has, (laughs) she has meshed and mashed with some grounders. Um, and then I think uh, Clark is a fairly obvious one as well. I think throughout season three, she's th- how she presented is um, kind of sky crew and grounder, and you mm-hmm. can see it in her her wardrobe and her styling and all of that stuff. I mean, we could you know do a whole podcast on that uh, hot mess of uh, hairstyle that she has, yeah, which at times I, I think find she looks quite great hot. in the uh, com- commander suit. All right, so that commander is, that's that where is my commander suit? So that commander suit, there are some shots where she looks fucking tight in that thing, but all but it doesn't hold up. It just doesn't hold up. Um so you have feelings on this. I have I have strong feelings on this. And I, I have strong feelings on the hair. Sometimes that hair it looks it looks super hot. And other times it's like, why is it not at the back of your head? That's gonna be hard to comb out. Um but but Clark is Clark is becoming both Grounder and Sky Crew. And I'm wondering if moving on into season four, if that's going to be more of a theme, if she and anyone else starts to to identify as both. Because the importance of everyone getting along and working towards a common goal of saving their asses is going to take cooperation. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's best of luck. I said... I said the C word. Yeah, right. Um, but but I, I'm just wondering if I'm I'm wondering if it was an intentional choice by the writers to make Clark kind of the merging of two people because that's how I see it going because she merged with <laughs> an AI Lexa would had just she she merged with a couple grounders in season three indeed um, <laughs> yes indeed. Um, so I, I'm just, I, I'm wondering if, if that's going to be something going forward, if cooperation becomes an emerging of people's becomes a theme that some people are like all on board with, because we got to figure shit out and save everybody. And if there's other people who are like, fuck that shit, I don't want to have anything to do with them. I'm going to work on saving my own people. So I'm just, you know, food for thought guys. If, if you guys either see Clark that way as, as the, the messiah of both people, not the messiah, but you know what I'm saying. Like the, the person who's starting to get it when it comes to people merging. And then, uh, it, you know, it, what cooperation is going to look like in season four. I think it's going to be a shit show most of the time, Joe, like you, like cooperation. Yeah. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> is there, is there a try get a sling word for <laughs> cooperation? Um, <laughs> probably jump up or something like that. <laughs> That mean, doesn't that mean fight? So, probably. It's one yeah. of those. It depends on the time. Jump, jump in. Jump in. Um, um, all right. So let's move. We have Ogeda to move jump. on. Jump. Jump up. Jump Ogeda. up. Jump around. Ogeda. Ogeda. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to... I'm. I'm just thinking like the grounder anthem, like one of the lines, like I'm going to jump in, jump in or something like that. I'm like, could they like have changed it a little from the English? I mean, come on. Um, but, 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 all right. So let's talk about world building moments and let's try to keep this brief guys. Cause 
I don't want to do a two-parter, to be honest with you. I, I don't know if I have it in me. I feel like Luna's a pretty significant, like... Luna's huge. Like, moment of just, like, fucking finally. Like, you dangled the <laughs> shit in, like, what? It was season one, wasn't it? Season yeah, one when she was, was first mentioned. Yeah, like, yeah. fucking finally. And this goes back to the Emerson thing. Like, it paid off. Like, it paid off why could, a Yeah, why late, couldn't we but, have a slow burn with Emerson? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I hope that the writers find more dots to connect in season four. Um, this is always a problem for shows like this where they run out of dots to connect because this is so far, it's been one of the things that makes it awesome where you, you know, there's this, there's been this character or this place or whatever that has been kind of mentioned in passing since season one. And then finally, you know, you see it. I don't know if they can find more of those in season four. I I mean, we have, yeah, I just, I just don't know if there are any like, uh, uh, Chekhov's guns still, still out there. Stashed um, around. Yeah, I mean, they'd have to build that up again in in season four. Drop like a hint of somebody. I mean, we are going to see the glowing forest clan. Um, I don't, I don't know uh, where they fit into the whole thing. Are they? Are they one of the the twelve or thirteen clans? Do you guys remember? Uh, everybody is. Part yeah, of the aren't they? Clans. Like, there aren't any. <laughs> We don't know of anyone who's not one of the clans. Yeah. Or Skycrew. No, no, no. So we've so we've met have we met the Glowing Forest clan? No. At least no. the ambassador. No. <laughs> well, they've seen the ambassador, yes. But we we've don't know. I don't all... think we necessarily know like you'd have to look, all right. look it for you. Uh, you can probably look it up. You can probably Let's find see, out is, who's who. Clan names the 100. <laughs> I just I don't know remember that Uzak if it's is from the Broadleaf, uh, the huge Leda clan. Tree Crew, Desert Clan, Lake, Delphi. <coughs> there's, guys, I don't think there's, there's not a glowing forest. Oh, there it is. Never mind. I was wrong. All right. So we will meet them. We've already seen a glowing forest in season one. Yay. Which I just assumed was Tree Crew <laughs> territory. I don't know. Oh, I don't, I don't think we really like that there was the clan, so you know now we do. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, I've got a whole issue with the world at this point. Um, so we all really like Luna. It seems as some of our our world building moments, and we know she's going to be back in season four. So yay! Yeah. Uh, we don't know what the extent of her involvement is going to be in season four. I'm hoping that it seems like she's been in Vancouver for a minute. So like, according to the social media posts and stuff. So what do you mean a minute? What does that mean to you? A lot or just a a little bit? A little while. Okay. (laughs) So that makes no fucking sense. So she's been there all a hot second, which means she's been there for weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah, I mean, she could just be hanging around because uh, Eliza Taylor seems to like to cook for people. Um, Maybe she's hungry. Who isn't? Right. So I'm I'm hoping I know that I know that there's a certain contingent of folks out there who are like, all right, enough with the grounders. We're not really that into the grounders. Why? But what? I, I don't I don't understand that argument e- either. I think the world is big enough for both the delinquents, the the shrinking number of like the three who are left and the grounders, because we've got we've got Luna, we've got um we've got mm-hmm. Rowan. I find them both really interesting. 
who knows what who I mean we know that they're going to introduce a couple more uh grounders. I don't know if they're going to be in, very integral to the plot, but I hope they don't fuck it up with these grounders because it, you know, it's fairly important that that the that they remain, you know, critical to the plot and not just seat fillers because they killed a shit ton of people in season in season three. So we'll see. I'm, I don't understand that either guys. I love the grounders. I love the politics despite the missteps of season three. I think there's still a lot of stuff to mine there. Um, so I'm going to, you know, I, I love the world building of all that shit. So, I so can't wait. A, a brief world bu- building thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a brief. I don't think you know the meaning of the word Shahid. Um, so two seconds go. There was nothing special about Aiden, right? Other than the fact that she's, he is the pretty white boy. He was the best fighter of his conclave. How do we know that? I mean, okay, so... Because that, was, that, was, that his, was Lex's uh, assessment. But then, that was like, Lexa we were Titus's introduced assessment. to him. When we, first, when we were first introduced to him, it was like, yeah. Aiden will protect the Sky people. And, and that's why Clark was like, we have to make sure Aiden wins uh, for the good of the Sky people. And then it turns out they all support... Sky yeah, but, but Lexa and never so disclosed like, that to Clark. So I'm assuming that Aiden is not only like the best fighter, but he also shows the most promise as far as a states person is concerned. Um, probably he has, somebody he has a good temperament. Yeah, he so as far as Sky people were, were concerned, he has that the, the best. Doesn't matter who, which one went one because they would. Well, well no, it, it, does, like, it does matter. What if someone who, is a better? Statesperson, and yeah, no, but not like I mean, okay, I mean, you don't know that, but it's like that is in so far as like being pro sky person, people. yeah. I mean, they would all be pro yeah. sky person, it's just so well, yeah, because Clark was like, we have to make sure Aiden wins so that we don't they don't go to war with us, yeah, because she doesn't um, know, she doesn't have she to. Well, was, she didn't. She didn't know that at the time. To be fair to to Clark, and I would also assume that Lexa and Titus kind of handpicked um Aiden because he he has the best he has good temperament he has the best tremendous. his temperament is tremendous, tremendous. Temperament. it's 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 huge um so I think I think he you know he's just he's another one of those things that's just like feels like a plot device um cute little kid but a plot device yeah or um, kind of like- as many of the as many of the nightbloods seem to be in this Sure. I mean, as many as like any character that was introduced this season. Like, yeah, most of yeah, them every died. single, yeah, every single nightblood w- that we met that wasn't Luna, uh, that wasn't Luna, and you know wasn't Lexa. I know. Well, I mean, no, she we died. Had met so. her previous. Yeah, but we met her previously. But all the nightbloods that we met here were mainly plot devices. Well, yeah. Well, and uh, especially especially Ontario. I mean, that that was the worst one of them all. Right. Well, you have Ontario, and then just like everyone else who just died, like you know Titus and uh, Sinclair, and just like just sort of deaths where you're like, they were they were interesting characters. Like you're not doing a lot else with a lot of others. Like you're killing off a lot of people. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean that's the theme of season three. Just kill them all. Um, you know, could also be a Metallica album, I guess. I guess. <laughs> so let's let's move on to character arcs and evolution. And I want I wanted to talk about um, 
Um, I want to talk about Clark because I, I, I hinted at this that I get to kind of the, what I thought was significant about demons when Shaheen was taking a big old shit all over that episode <laughs> earlier in the podcast. <laughs> I should so say nothing angry. against the writer on, you know, of that episode. Um, it's just, I'm sure that she had no control over the broad outline of what the episode was. So nothing, uh, this is nothing against Gilmer's writing stuff. So. No, but it is against every single person in that writer's room because they all contribute to every single story. So basically, Shaheen is taking a big steaming pile on the whole writer's room, um, cast and crew as well. Fuck those so, guys in their coloring books. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, writers. It's room just your coloring so odd books. when you feel like when you feel like earlier in the episode things were rushed, but then um, you have this episode that you know could have been used for other purposes. Yeah. Like- I think I think they really wanted to hammer home the consequence of of Clark's decision to spare Emerson. But like why? Like what was why did we need that in like right now? Like it didn't well, Yeah, why that is a good question. Why did we need that that right now? Because it never that never really came up again in the season of Clark having to make a decision to spare somebody and then going into her memory banks and going, oh, that didn't work so well with Emerson. So you're right um, in that it didn't need to happen now. The timing was, you know, it was odd for a uh, a moral lesson that perhaps... We could have learned um, at a completely other time. Yeah, completely well, What's the moral when lesson? That I don't even know, Shaheen. That's the problem. That is, isn't people Mercy's- who you find to threatening? That no, seems like it, the only the parallel fucking- to that would be what Bellamy did. So it's like... Yeah, Clark but didn't Bellamy do what Bellamy right did, all, no, and no, it no, came Clark back right. to bite her in the ass. So, okay. But no, she was so she she originally wanted to kill him for revenge, and then you know Lexa called her on that, and then basically she decided to be merciful because Lexa was right. It you know blood must not have blood only when it applies to um, my people who are bleeding. So she basically called her like. You have to you have to make a decision for peace as well, not just me. So so the bad the bad message is uh, if you have a chance to take revenge, do it. Take it. Do not show mercy. That is the lesson from demons because her ghosts came back to haunt her, or her demon came back to haunt her, um, and put every everybody that she loves uh, in so immediate doesn't danger. Doesn't that then justify what Pike and Bellamy did? No, again, preemptive genocide is not a thing. It wasn't revenge. It was... Uh, Well, it would have been preemptive if if Clark had killed Emerson. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. She was getting revenge for her people. Those 300... Well, uh, based on this person's membership in, in a certain group, right? Not because he was a threat at the moment, but because he was a member of a group that she considered enemy. So you're you're basically saying if yeah but but you're I th- I think your argument's a bit specious because you're you're saying that one clan is responsible for another clan's actions. When Emerson was obviously responsible is for Is one person responsible for another person's actions? Well, Emerson was a bad guy, dude. I mean, he was going mean, to kill Clark Bellamy you, and Monty in that control room. Well, that's um, how that's he, just like and, when, and he was responsible for giving uh giving the Asgeta, the uh, self-destruct codes for, for Mount Weather. So he, he does have, okay. 
He does have blood so, on his hands. So you're saying that if I consider someone, if I um, determine that someone is a bad dude, he um, no, he had crimes. He he had crimes on his sure on his rap um, sheet. Someone has crimes on their hands, and there there's a possibility that they might attack me. Uh, it's okay to kill them. That's what uh, I'm saying. That that's why the whole moral. That's why this whole storyline doesn't make a lot of sense. It basically shows that mercy and being a kind person and being the one to decide to be the first to lay down your arms is a bad idea, and that the world is I mean, shit. It is kind of the moral nobody should be trusted. Yeah, I mean, everybody's awful. Why don't we go eat some worms? I mean, that's kind of like well, what this show is no, presenting. Like, so the only it's, thing that you disagree this, with, uh, disagree on with Pike is that determination. You agree that if that determination has too. been made, it's okay to preemptively kill people. No, but it's you not disagree okay to with him that the determination he, is correct. Emerson was going to pay for crimes he had already committed. He was, so, and that's the distinction. The the three hundred grounders that Indra were leading were killed preemptively to protect sky crew from what's what Bellamy and Pike think could possibly happen in the future. It was, it was basically uh, a preemptive strike. It was, it's basically the U S going doesn't matter. It's just about what they did in the past. It's, it's basically the U S going, you know, China is going to launch. China has nukes. They have the best nukes, really the best. But America, we're going to preemptively launch our nukes at China in order to not die to China's nukes, which are the best. I mean, you can't, I mean, that's like, you never stop killing people then. Like, anything could be a perceived threat. So you just preemptively like, ah, okay. well. So, so it has so nothing to do with perceived threats. So you don't think that oh if Oh my God, this is another rabbit hole we're going down. <laughs> I don't want to go down another rabbit hole. I just want I'll to clarify what, what it you. is that you think. Um, so I think, I think mainly what's as I, I think mainly the same way society kind of works. Like you commit a crime, you, you are tried for that crime and you so are we're either not minority reporting. We are not minority reporting. We are not, um, Oh, what are those people called? Ciphers? No. So psychics. Capital punishment. No. Wait, what? Capital, no, we're not going to get into this whole cat. <laughs> no, I, swear I don't want to get into capital punishment. I swear but you're to saying God, that you will fall off. You will fall off a boat, and you tip that boat over and pull us all down with you into your rabbit hole. I swear no, no, I, to God, I into, into the capital deep. Punishment. We go. But you're saying that Emerson should have died not because he was a potential threat or a perceived threat or even a probable threat, but yeah. because he was guilty of some yes. past crime. Yes. Okay. And instead of doing that, and Clark showed mercy. mercy was and it, it because of any specific crime, like any specific he gave, person that he killed or that he participated in this he participated. He was he, system? He made... He made the destruction of Mount Weather possible. He made he was responsible for the forty seven or forty nine deaths, or whatever okay. it was in Mount Weather. He was responsible for that because he knew the self destruct codes. Um, so I mean, to me, it's it's fairly obvious. To me, it's I don't know. Maybe I'm just a simpleton, but to me, it's a fairly obvious distinction that you have the ability and the right to punish guilty people 
after they have committed a crime against you. It is not okay unless there is a very, very, very eminent threat to kill somebody. So you can kill somebody in self-defense, even if they haven't um, harmed you, if you feel there is an eminent threat to your life. Um, So, you know, if somebody points a gun at you, you have the right, I guess in some states, I don't know if it's, if it's nationwide, but you have the right to defend yourself in that, in that, uh, uh at least in yeah, Texas. I mean, you can like shoot somebody into, who just looks at you funny, but anyway, yeah, everything's anyway. packed into what you consider imminent. Well, there's degrees of distinction here. It's not like black and white Shaheen. God, you you love doing this to me. Fuck you. You fall God. for it every time. I fall for it every time. I can't not fall for it. He's such a troll. And he'll be like, and it's like, no, no, but like, I just want to say one more thing. And you like let it happen. And like 15 minutes later, you realize that you're I let mad. it. Uh, I let uh, it happen because okay, I don't want to. I'm not going like, to say anything. Uh, now I'm going to step over him. All right. So let me get to the point I wanted to make. So, I mean, that was like the first, I think that was the first point about demons, like to show mercy is a bad thing. I don't know. I don't know what the message was supposed to be. Um, But I think the other thing is, and I don't know if anybody feels this way or read the way the scenes and lines were given and just how things played out. But when, when Emerson has everybody in the airlock and Bellamy and, and and Clark are like, well, there's nothing else we really can do. Bellamy wants to, I think, go on their guns a blazing. Um, because that's Bellamy. That's what he does. He's action figure Bellamy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and Clark's just like, well, I have to surrender. So let's just do that. Um, I kind of read it where Clark was more than willing to die to Emerson at that point in time. Like I, I think she. I'm not saying that she reached rock bottom, but she was just like, you know what? I simply can't be bothered anymore. I'm like kind of fed up with this whole thing. If I have to die to save my friends, so be it. I mean, I, and I, I, I think that was to me. That's what makes the the episode a little bit more significant than you're willing to give it. Now, the the reason why she wasn't any willing to die anymore was it was obvious that Emerson was going to kill everybody. So that's why she started fighting back. I mean, I, I, I could certainly, like, agree with you on that, but I would also say, uh-huh. like, you know, if we could have had a bit more time with Clark's mental state, like, we could get a better sort of more fulfilling answer out of that. Like, I totally think really, what you say. Joe? Yeah, right? Like, that's weird. Like, if only we <laughs> could have, like, you know, gotten a little bit more, you know, because... She's had, if she's only had a we rough, didn't have to infer. She's had a rough couple of days, I feel like, you know. We yeah, could, yeah, it's been a week. It, it's been a bad week for her. Yeah, so, um, you know, I yes to what you're saying in theory, but how will we ever really know? Well, you would hope that some of the... some of the, the shit that just got glossed over or badly written or not addressed at all in season three, we'll get some sort of acknowledgement in season four. Um, I, I, I mean, I hope they do. I, I can't imagine that they won't want to explore her grief a little bit more. Uh, I, I just, I can't imagine a world in which this is a huge 
criticism that people have with the show, how some of the things were handled with Clark and Bellamy and all of this stuff that they won't try to course correct. I mean, right? I, I think that this is going to be the thing about season four is to see what they listened to in terms of criticism and what they what they chose to ignore. I think that's going to be really interesting. Well, I think season three and the reaction to not only some of the, the bigger mistakes um, that they made, like, like, say, with Lex's death, but some of these other criticisms about, you know, how the plots trampled all over the character progression. I, I wonder if they've been humbled a little bit by, I think they were riding high off of season one, season two, all the press that they were getting. Oh, this show is so progressive. It's so well-written and acted, blah, 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 blah. And now there's been some backlash. I mean, it happens with everything. Sure, right? but I'm just wondering how much they're going to listen or how much, you know, hubris they'll still be. Jason Rothenberg has made it clear that at least what he said in public is that he um, he is not going to change anything based on how people react. That's what he says in public. I don't know if that's actually true, but... Well, I, I would and say that's that, some, that there's a- something respectable about that. When, you know, I don't think an artist should necessarily be worried about uh, the public reaction to their work. Well, I think there's something respectful to that, but I think there's also something myopic about it as well, especially after what happened in season three. And my fear has always been that Jason's a bit tone deaf when it comes to listening to criticism. Um, his responses to things haven't been very well thought out um, at times. So that's where my caution comes from. I just hope that... Th- I understand he's the showrunner, but I think there are voices in that writer room that that are very smart when it comes to how characters and plot are moving along and that those voices are listened to and that they're not trampled over by a showrunner who who is more ego driven than driven by creating a good product. Well, That's all I'm saying. Again, I'm this saying. is this is what we're going to find out in season four. I'm, I'm yes, curious. we will. Yeah, I'm. I'm very curious. So, so back to demons. I think you know the way I. I can understand why a lot of that episode is very dismissible. I think. I, I think it's also important because it shows what the chip does to a non-nightblood person, and it's horrific. Mm-hmm. But it didn't <laughs> have to be him. Like that's what I'm saying. Like uh, this whole episode, like. Yeah, I mean, there could have been... I wanted him to be, like, a future villain. Like, because he's so good. He was so fucking creepy and, like, totally, like, the kind of villain that this would have been really cool for. Um, It was just, like, really out of place. Like, really, we're going to do a, like, sub-genre episode, like, in the middle of shit hitting the fan? I know. The only explanation I know for this episode is that uh, originally, before they decided to go with the late, uh, like, with the mid-season... Um, premiere. Um, this would have been around uh, Halloween, so um, um, yeah. You think we got a, a Halloween special, a very special yeah, Halloween episode? That's of what Hunter. it looks like in March. In like. March, basically, right? Yes. <laughs> well, you know, times. Oh, it's Halloween all year round uh, in this this horror show of a thing we call life. Um. Okay. So uh, I, I think. I'm not as dismissive as demons as, as some other people are. 
Um, I don't <laughs> think it was shot particularly well. I think it was very cliche in some of its tropey horror stuff. Um, but that's just me. I know, uh, I know folks, uh, a couple folks on Reddit found the cinematography really, really good. I just thought it was kind of run of the mill and expected, but you know, that's, that's what makes life go round. Opinions are like assholes. Here's Everybody another poops thing. on I mean, it, it was very also, it, it was also very on the hundred <laughs> in that, um, I mean, we never thought that all these delinquents were going to die in that airlock, right? I mean, that it's so no, unlike I mean, the hundred to have like it think something like this where it's like, oh, that's clearly not going to It's happen, not the season right? finale, so we're not going to like get that as our cliffhanger. Like very obviously they're not going to kill off <laughs> all of those well, kids. I mean, it's... It's fairly obvious that at the end of season one that they're not going to all die in the dropship either. I mean, right? But that was we can the give end. them like yeah, but I mean, we can give them some of the obvious stuff. I mean, it would be really cool if somebody had died in that airlock. Um, <laughs> Jasper, not so, just saying. Someone other than uh, Sinclair, right? Yeah. So confession time, guys. Sinclair was the only person I, I had an immediate reaction to his death. Like, okay, Lexa oh, wow. and Lincoln's death affected me on subsequent rewatching, but when I first watched Sinclair die, I ugly cried. Um, and I think it's because the manner of his death, where he was just, he was trying to protect Raven and he just kept repeating, stay in the rover to her. Yeah. I was just like, I like he, that scene. <laughs> oh my God. It was so, I mean, it was so heart wrenching because he was only thinking about her. Yeah. Poor Sinclair. R.I.P. Sinclair. Right? Like, I feel like everyone was super bummed about Sinclair. Dick's yeah. up for Sinclair. Oh, I don't even know what that means. Every, like, I thought we were going to get through a pod without you talking about dicks, but no. <laughs> I just had to We've gone zero you. podcasts without Jen talking about it's dicks. It's been zero podcasts <laughs> since a, a mention of a dick. Um, so it wouldn't be a May We Geek Again podcast without some. We should have a jar. A dick jar? <laughs> a jar dick or jar? something. Douchebag jar like on New Girl? Uh, I was thinking uh, about swear jar like Luke Cage, but. Yeah, no, like every time Jen says dick, we just put a dollar in it. She puts a dollar yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah she you, puts a dollar in it. You guys, would not, uh, you guys would not have to put any money in there. Do you guys think we're done with character arcs or did... Uh, let's see. What do you have here? I mean, I we. I didn't go, but I don't know if you're family. banning me or what. Yes, I'm banning you, Shaheen. I'm banning you from I, speaking I, from the podcast. You know, you're podcast. very close to you know. Just kicking you off to me starting <laughs> another podcast. Seriously, where I talk about <laughs> all the things that I want, and Jen doesn't get to boss me around. I just picture you as. Um, Shit, what is Howard Hughes, like, alone in your apartment, except now, like, you're recording podcasts, but, like, still the <laughs> jars of urine, obviously. Um, but, like, what? this is just, you leave our podcast, and you just, like, you go on your own podcast. Um, but the plot twist at the end is that your microphone was never even plugged in. What was the part about me being alone in the house? Well, because he like, he, like, locked himself in this, like, room by himself didn't he who why Howard am i Hughes? being likened to a person who locked themselves in their room because it's funny oh, god i'm like <laughs> oh, the frog. 
You what is this insinuation ta- that I I, mean, I have just, no social life? I don't understand no, this he had a insinuation. He had a is I don't appreciate this. Let's just what did all you- right. Let's just do whatever. Let's me either do it or not. I don't care. <laughs> well, do you have a good one? Uh, I see you. How many I have? I mean, we should probably address Bellamy, like just because like. He finally like stood up to Pike or whatever. Like we have Which to like, or Bellamy. is that addressing Bellamy? Are we done? No, we can talk about Bellamy. I mean, Which, I have nothing else to say. Uh, do I, I have Bellamy? Knows. I don't have anything. So he stood up to Pike. The end. The end. Well, I mean, obviously, Kane's oh. question to him is yeah. important. Right. But yeah. Well, okay. So um, I understand what Kane is getting at with that question. Uh-huh. I think the point of the question is but why did, did you matter? do this because of because Octavia was in danger or because you realized you were on the wrong side. Um but the way that he asks it is kind of weird because he he says did you do this for your sister or because it was the right thing to do? Well, everybody is I mean it was never indicated that Bellamy was ever doing something that he thought was not the right thing to do. So of course, everybody does whatever they do because they think it's the right thing to do. There are very few people who go around doing things that they know to be wrong. Um, so that that's just the phrasing. I don't know if the phrasing of the question. Or, uh, I just don't like. I the way understood it. Put. I understood it completely. But um, but yeah, but it's basically like: Have you switched sides, or is was was this just for your sister? And I think. That it's interesting because Bellamy has a continuous transition, it seems. Um, because at, at this point, like in the cave, um, he's still shaking his head when they talk about becoming the 13th clan again and stuff like that. And um, in that scene where he's talking to Octavia, which I really liked, like the music and the lighting and the dialogue is just great. Um, and Octavia is like, uh, there are consequences, Bill, and people get hurt, people die. Um, the way that he's still considering his positions and he still uh, thinks that um, it wasn't without reason. Uh, I like that continu- uh, that continuity and, and the fact that, um, sure. he, you know, they don't just... And the same, it's the same thing with Brian. Like, he's, he has this grounder prejudice as it were, you know, it's like, it's like, they're grounders. Are they going to, um, you think they're going to play by the rules? And then Octavia gives them this look. That's pretty funny. Yeah. I think, I think, I wonder if, if again, season four question, I wonder if they're going to keep playing on those prejudices. That's that create these, these conflicts between people, or if some of that stuff is going to, to get just swept under the rug I yeah. I do I do think that Bellamy is going to have they've indicated I I believe it was Jason Rothenberg has indicated that Bellamy still has to deal with the guilt over what he's done so they're not just going his redemption arc didn't begin and end in season three um, thank mm-hmm. God because it was the the most okay. half assed limp dick again dick Jeez. jar uh, redemption arc <laughs> ever. Um, and boy, I will get into that next podcast when we discuss that episode Yay. and that whole Clark and Bellamy conversation. Um, I think, all right, so I'm going to direct this a little bit because I think we cannot, Joe, can you get, can you, uh, talk real quick? 
Uh, yeah. Okay, you're just a little low. So okay. pull up to your pull up to your mic, girl. Step on up. Is that better? Okay. So yeah, I I think we, we you know we're we're talking about all these things. We're doing a run sheet and all the shit that we usually do. But I think we would be doing a great disservice if we did not at least spend some time commenting on our Lord and Savior, Lindsay Morgan, and her performance in Fallen and Nevermore as both herself and as Allie, and as herself somewhat controlled by Allie. It was fucking incredible, guys. She was good. Like, yeah. She was super good. Like, she got the breathing part down, which is, like, the thing. Yeah, I, I was just like, she made Nevermore for me as far as how she acted and then how how she went for everybody's throats. Uh, I know people are like, oh, she's just being brutally honest. But there's, there's, I think there's a point where, I can't remember where I read this. I don't know if it was on Reddit or whatever, but the people who are concerned, people who call themselves brutally honest are usually more concerned about the brutality part of it than being honest. <laughs> I don't think this is something that that Raven would ever do in her real life. I think she was pushed by Allie mm -hmm. and this was the way she this is the way she had to go about getting the information out. So, I don't think she was fully in control. If we were talking about like what measure of control does Allie exert over Raven in in Nevermore cuz obviously we see her in full thrall in Fallen when she sits up from the hospital bed totally takes on Allie's uh, demeanor and voice and, and body posture and all that stuff and slits her wrists in front of Abby in order to force Abby to take the, the chip. That was 100% uh, Allie. In Nevermore, it's, it's unclear, and this is where the confusion, I think, and the arguments that we have come in, like... I can I can hear somebody sniggering in the background. Um, oh, sorry. I was just um, I wasn't are you sniggering. Laughing at our arguments? Nope. Oh, no. Nope. Okay. Because <laughs> I laugh at our I, I laugh at our arguments. I I sit and drink my tea and just rear my head back and and laugh. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, that argument so peachy. Um, but it's like it's not really clear how much control Raven has. Like, is she just? It, does Allie just say? Raven, get this information from your friends. I don't care how you do it. And Raven just does it, and she's not culpable well, for any of this? No, I think I think what it is is the way that Allie is able to control it. Like, she can make that the thing that Raven does. I think that mm -hmm. Raven in herself, somewhere, like, even that core Raven is compelled by Allie, so she chooses a way that she knows will get the desired effect, but she probably yes. goes like sober Raven would not choose that method. It is too harsh. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, it, exactly. No because, line. because Allie Raven doesn't, doesn't seem to have any empathy. She has no consideration for the, the, the feelings of her friends. She doesn't hold them in any regard with any love or anything like that. And I just made a comparison in my mind to the Red Kryptonite episode of, of Supergirl, 
as Supergirl is more and more under the thrall of, of Red Kryptonite, which basically turns her into a big, huge asshole. She was such a... She starts yeah. off as a minor asshole, and like, just kind of annoyed, asshole. and then just evolves into a giant asshole at the very end, willing to actually harm other people um, to to further her her agenda, because... And that's a fantastic episode of a very middlingly written show. It is a great episode. I, I encourage people to go watch it. Um, but yeah, it's like Raven. Raven is just basically doing whatever she's commanded to do, but she doesn't. The only autonomy that she has is understanding the way she should go about doing it because she knows how to press buttons. Yeah, but but I don't think that she would intentionally ever say that. To say what she says to. to to Clark Bellamy and, and Jasper because she is harsh. Yeah, like even if she were that mad, like even if she were like super upset with them, like there's a line yeah. and I, I don't think that she would cross those. I mean, I find, I think that she is probably, probably would be the, the straightest of straight shooters sure. among that group of people. But she's not cruel. She's not cruel, exactly. So she was fantastic in Evermore. Yeah. Um, so... Probably in some ways, like, this effect of win. enhancing who you already are is uh, Ali One has that in some ways too. <laughs> um, well, Jaha she, all, is kind all, of like a more exaggerated alcohol, version of himself. And she's she's alcohol. That's basically what she is. <laughs> she just she just knocks down that wall between propriety and impropriety, and basically opens the floodgates of what a person could possibly be. And it's usually it's usually she wants people to do something uh something bad. Um so they go about it in a, in a bad way. So I just wanted to to make sure we we gave some measure of um props props and attention to that because I think it's it's a very important part of this batch of of episodes. Um Agreed. So let's t- let's talk about favorite scenes, Shaheen. Favorite scenes. Um, yes. Pick one. Pick one you really like. Th- scenes that make you say hmm. only one. For now. Well, because we'll be here for three hours. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Joe, you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? <laughs> Yeah. Joe okay. only has one. I only, like, this one is the one that sort of stood out to me uh, when Ali and uh, Jaha are talking. And she mentions uh, with Raven's abilities. And, like, if we're talking about favorite scenes in terms of a mind-blowing moment, like, like I kind of knew that the chip was bad news if you took it and, you know, you were not, you didn't have black blood. Like, I believed that that was, like, a thing. Um, you know, so I wasn't particularly surprised when things went poorly for Emerson, but like with the like Raven's abilities and just like, wait, wait, what are those? And like, we find out a little bit of them and they hint that season four is also going to explore those. But like, I kind of want to know if like, is there something even, does it get down? It would be really cool if something in her like DNA made it so that her, like, are other people going to be super fucking computers? Or is it because she was sort of, like, unplugged, like, rather forcefully, like, having the chip, like, 
shocked and melted inside of her like instead uh, of like properly shut down with a lever like is she gonna is she like weird and glitchy with what she received from Allie weird and glitchy. I hope that uh, it's the former I hope that uh, we find out that that everyone gets... know all kinds of things now that they didn't use they didn't okay. know before okay well and including okay, experiences of other people who you know now they share uh, that would be really great I mean we talked about this before if they could if people if there is could shared say, consciousness. yeah, like ice yeah. nation, ice nation people and farm station people were both chipped, so they could be like, well, now we understand each other. Yes, so now we're, yes, I'm sure now we're so buddies. Like that's what's gonna happen. Yay, buddies. <laughs> so here's, here, I think you guys bring up a really good. I think you guys bring up a really good thought of is there a shared consciousness in the city of light? Like any sort, like any sort of shared experience or consciousness there that will transfer to the real world. I think that's really interesting. As far as abilities, here's my take on why Raven now is, um, is super hacker. Uh, Allie needed her to find Allie 2.0. And as we know, Raven is a mechanic. So she she's not was gifted this, like she was matrixed it. And that's yes. it. That's so why, basically, yeah, understand. she matrixed it. Why, why did Allie, Allie uh, needed to download herself into the mainframe of the arc. And that doesn't require Raven to know any programming. No, she re- just remember, had to plug her in, and that would be it. Yeah. The, so, so Allie did that, but she also needed Raven to try and find Allie two point on the Ark's mainframe. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. She, she, that's the mainframe is just a computer. She downloaded herself into that and searched for it, and she said it's not there. Raven didn't need to know programming. For any of that. Oh, is that a well actually? <laughs> I no, mean, I think it that, depends. Uh, it de- I think well, that no, no, no. Sinclair like it said I guess, that oh, some, Sinclair asked Raven, who, is there anything else left in your brain? Or actually, no, Monty said, uh, I take it Latin is not one of the things that Ali left in your brain. Huh. So. Um, That's a good point. She doesn't. I guess she doesn't need to know. But what if abilities also meant something else? Because remember when Raven was also super important to Allie? Like, they could have found a different way to get her, to get Allie into the, you know, into the mainframe and, like, to do all that stuff. Like, I feel like, at least the way that I read it, Raven is even more special than we know. Well, okay. So, I think... I think Allie has a, has a, a bit of a love for Raven. She says that uh, she 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 tells Jaha, which this is kind of a backhanded slap. She tells Jaha that Raven is so much stronger than the rest of you. And I'm like, I'm waiting for Jaha to be like, "What do you mean, you? I'm special too. I'm strong. I'm a pretty unique snowflake with my goatee. Oh God, That's that an abomination." Oh, that fucking goatee. That's a good question. Like, we, I think we'll learn in season four that she does have, I won't call them abilities because when I think of abilities, I'm thinking uh, mutants or superheroes, um, aliens, that type of thing. Superhumans. Yeah. I'm not thinking, I'm thinking that she just has new knowledge. Okay. I guess we'll find out. So I think it'll be interesting to see what that new knowledge is. If it's just, if it's just computer shit. Or if there's anything else, and also what you guys bring up, are there going to be people that were in the City of Light, do they understand each other better? Did they did they have access to knowledge that they've learned? Did Allie use 
um, people we saw off screen to do specific tasks and gave them the knowledge that they needed to do those? Are there like grounders who now can build engines? I mean, we have no clue. We have we have absolutely no clue. One so, thing that was another clue in there was out. when Raven said when Sinclair asked Raven if Emerson is chipped, and she said he wasn't as of yesterday. So that Im- implies that when someone gets chipped, other people n- r- other people know it. Yeah. Uh, so like she knows everyone who was chipped as of yesterday kind of thing. So that's interesting. So at least you get like a, you get like a message that says. So like, um, it's like a button. Emerson jo- Emerson you, get, you get a notification. <laughs> you get a yeah, notification you get like a on notification. your, uh, on your phone. <laughs> Emerson has joined the city of light. Yeah. Please say hi to Emerson. <laughs> um, all right. Okay. So, so I picked my scene. Okay, let's hear it, baby. All right, so it's gonna be the the quiet Bellamy Miller Monty Harper scene. Um, yeah, that was I, a pretty cool scene. I think that's awesome. Like the the way they used just silence to create tension, and it was great. And I think that this whole idea of this rift in within this gulf within the sky people. And this lack of trust and everything, I think that's um, a great idea. Unfortunately, um, it, it was kind of confounded by the fact that some people just feel like the rift was unjustified or they feel like they don't understand why some of these characters would be on one side of this. Um, but if you could kind of put that aside and just think about, okay, suppose... That just someone, there's a new chancellor and, 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 you know, some of these people were just guards. So now they're just, you know, doing their job as guards and um, other ones joined this campaign because they thought it was the only solution or whatever. Just if you could just justify for yourself. Uh, this is a very interesting um, concept, I think, when the, this rift and this lack of trust um, where they keep trying, they keep saying, look, I'm on your side now. And, and the other one's like, I still don't believe you. Um, and how far is, does that go? And it's interesting when Kane says about Bellamy that he's the enemy. Um, and it's like, okay, so uh, he, he is clearly being harsh towards someone he thinks is the enemy. Um, you know, is he... You know, so it's it's all interesting. All these all this um, dynamical issues are very interesting. Okay. Well, apparently uh, Harper and Monty got over it real quick. <laughs> right. Yeah, apparently. But not till the next batch. Because they had the sex, guys. Wait. That's what I'm alluding to. No, they had the sex. But they haven't had the sex yet, right? Well, you know how this you know how this show goes. It, it's one hot minute between uh, uh, Harper chastising monty are you gonna go tell your mom and them actually doing it having right? the sex like, i'm trying to rewatch this with an eye towards that building and uh, it's not building like i think that they like right before i think it, harper's horny she just wants to get she just wants to get on that it's fair i mean they are facing you know probable maybe she's had a thing for him. extinction i don't know I, but no no like it was like kind of go back up. to like not I mean, good, good for yeah, them. Was those no, crazy kids, but yeah, no, this was a Tinder hookup. <laughs> well, they they had 
um, some. But they haven't. Know, they went through some adaptation. stuff together at, in Mount Weather, and um, we've seen Monty take care of Harper at Mount Weather. I mean, but does when, that get yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, there was there was a bit of a connection there in Mount Weather, and you also recall back to season one when Jasper called uh, Harper low hanging fruit, what? and Monty was all <laughs> kind of disgusted by him. Um, yeah. You know, real real locker room talk. Um, as it were, <laughs> I'm a dick. So, Jen, do you, do you think do you find that scene with Miller and Brian this one in this batch um, where he's like you put it there and all of that? Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. Do you find that um, without chemistry? I don't feel uh, I don't feel sexual chemistry between the two. Um, I. I know other people do. They see chemistry between the two. They buy them as a couple. I, I don't. They're too bro-ish to me. They're like playing the most butch bro of of homosexual bros I've ever seen. And and that's that seems like a horrible thing for me to say. Um, but their their affection isn't really affectionate. If you know what I mean? It's like it's too it's too locker roomy punch you. I feel the like shoulder they're like too aloof. Isn't that cats. what's great about? I mean, I've never been gay, but isn't that what's great about it? Where, <laughs> I've never um, been gay. Where um, you can, where your buddy is also your partner. Okay, so there has to be like I don't know. I want to see something a little bit more tender between them. I don't need them slapping each other's butts after a touchdown, um, or like oh that's. That's cool, bro. And then punch each other in the shoulder. I, I just feel like it's so poorly, um, poorly conceived as a relationship in that way. I, I would hope that somebody on set or in the writer's room is like, they're supposed to be in a relationship. It would be nice if they could occasionally show affection or tenderness towards one another instead of acting like they're on the same sports ball team. It's just kind of ridiculous. Like I've, uh, I uh, I'm friends with a lot. Of, this is this is the point where I'm like oh, I'm friends with a lot of gay men, um, but yeah, they're they're just like any other couple. Um, you don't see you don't see uh, straight couples punching each other in the shoulder like they're locker room buddies. And I don't think there's lesbian couples doing that. I don't think there's like there's just I don't I don't see it. I just don't see it. Um, I don't know if it's uh, a comfort level on the part of the actors or like nobody in the writer's room or on set has ever seen two gay men before, but they're, or seen any sort of couples before. Like uh, it take what you see straight people doing when they're nice to each other and show affection and love towards one another and do that too. <laughs> it's like, dude, this is not, I don't know. So you're saying gay, I'm digging myself a gay hole couples here. must <laughs> must be portrayed like straight people? the same way. Yeah, I'm saying it's just they don't have right, any sort you can't of get out, get chemistry. Out of this, Jen. You just I'm yeah. not. I'm, so, I'm, I'm a bigot. I'm a bigot. Just Wait, where did we? Like I've been. Just, I don't know. I've been sitting here like nodding, being it's like, true. no, totally. Like I was gonna call them like two aloof cats around one another, but like your uh-huh. your description okay. also like makes sense. And then and then somehow everyone's a bigot. Like, did I like black out? So no, because I, 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 I don't, mean, it I don't know. Like he she's... pulled me. He pulled me into his trap again, Joe. He did it again. <laughs> Every time, it's he's like he's he's your own personal cornballer. 
Yeah. Whatever. So, let's so if so if any of our listeners watch a little little reality TV show on Bravo called Flipping Out, what? No, I was talking and, about the. So I'm appealing to like I'm Arrested appealing to like point zero zero point zero 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 percent of the audience. Um, like the 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 main guy, uh, Jeff Lewis, and his partner Gage, they have zero affection between them, like none, like, but. Something about that relationship works. You kind of get it. You can't ever picture them having sex, but you can kind of see how there is affection there, even though they never show it. Miller and Brian have less chemistry than those two do. Um, it, like it's almost. I, I just don't understand. I just don't understand it. I don't. Which like, and some people. Like some actors, people see chemistry. And I like. The I love the actors. I just need them to be like. Maybe I just need them mugging on each other because I'm just a pervert. I would honestly, I kind of feel like they should break up. And and the only reason for this is apart from Raven and Wick, who that doesn't really even count as a breakup because like, you know, the actor was written off the show Uh for behind the scenes things. Um, Like nobody breaks up. Somebody always dies. Like can't people in the future also like realize, you know what? Hey, maybe we're not right for each other. Clark and Finn so, broke up, and Clark and uh, Raven kind of broke up. Wait, Clark and Raven? I'm sorry. Finn, Finn and Raven. Yeah, except one of them is Finn, dead now. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they did, they did, like, so Clark you want and to break Finn up never and had a thing alive. to break up from. Like. Um, Raven and Finn had a relationship. Clark and Finn had a fling. They, they had a, uh, I don't, they had even, I don't even it. feel, I don't even feel good about calling it a fling. It's more of like an. It's more like an ang because oh. it, it wasn't a full fledged thing. Shahi, I don't know, Jen. I, I want to get your opinion on something. Clearly indicated in the story that they loved each other, but whatever. Oh my god, whatever. I oh. I want to get your opinion on something. Fall for it again. Um, uh huh. What? Okay, so Jen and I were talking. What do you think that Clark? Do you think that Finn was Clark's first? Uh. Se- like and was it, Clark's it, Clark first would guy? consider her virginity. Lost. No, se- no, for sex- sexual partner, for sexual partner. Uh, I never thought that. No, why would I think that? I don't know, but why would I think that? Uh, I I wasn't like in watching it. Like there was there could like a friend of ours that we were watching it with. Uh, like saw the there was like some sort of a line or something where, and then Finn makes a joke that it was implied that it was possible that. Basically, Clark was being like, this is the first time I've done this. And Finn was like, this is not my first time. Oh. Uh-huh. I did. Okay. I didn't read that into. And so I was just wondering Maybe... if you picked up on that, but clearly not. Maybe we'll have to rewatch the scene because like, I didn't really remember it. Let's have a special podcast uh, just devoted to Clark's sexual life, sex life. I, I think it's important. I mean, um, <laughs> it's going to be a short yeah. podcast. <laughs> like the and where are they now is super short. <laughs> Memoriam, it will be long though. <laughs> <sighs> oh my god. All right, all right, we gotta move on. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> the in memoriam. I'm laughing at my own joke. Hey, yep. All right. All right, guys, let's get on to some shenanigans. Uh so I want to also address this for the 100 Hypno series because this is also a question that they hope that we would discuss. Uh, in regards to 
Murphy and Antari and that infamous scene. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, rape is rape is rape Why is rape. Why did we need the sexy guitar music? Like they totally I played don't know. like Red Shoe I, Diaries, I, like wow. like it was only missing like a I, saxophone. I think unfortunately they didn't want it to read as rape, but but it was forced consent is not informed consent. It is still rape. So I feel like Lin Manuel, uh, when he's like love is love is love is love, rape is rape is rape is rape. It's because mine is is really a downer and very serious. Guys, it was rape. So, and it was never addressed for the rest of the season, which stop fucking this shit up, guys. Stop fucking this shit up. It's too important to put this out in the universe as part of your art and not address it properly. Um, so that's, that's one of, one, that's one of my things. Uh, and I hope I, uh, I hope I was clear enough, everybody. Um, and then, Okay, so I've seen the cabbie kiss going from rape to the cabbie kiss. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I've watched the cabbie kiss like 3,000 bazillion times. And I was watching it yesterday, and I still yelled, yes, queen, at my screen when Wait, it happened. Wait, why have you watched it a bajillion times? For research why not? purposes? <laughs> because reasons. <laughs> Re- reasons. Um, okay, so here's my question. Uh-huh. So Abby says I can't do this again, uh, right? It's in, it's in regards to losing another man that she loves. It's right. not what, how you're reading it. What? How am I reading it? I don't know. I found no. I found your I found that it, weird in your in your uh, whatever it is you're about sheet. to say, Shaheen. You are incorrect. Jen, Jen exactly. just wants you to know this. So just, <laughs> I'm preemptively falling That's into She is predicting like. what you were going to say. The I probability just, of look, what you're going to say. I am setting myself up to fall into your trap. So just do it already. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so she says, I can't do this again. Um, if I understand it correctly, the first time she voluntarily told Jaha, uh, turned Jake in, and she, uh, according to the deleted scene, she didn't even protest the sentence um of floating jaw or anything so i don't know what she's talking about but i can't do this again she's talking about she can't lose another man that she loves i think that scene is is clearly supposed to read romantic and that she's fallen in love with kane yeah and no i know that's what it means then why are you asking i'm not sure how to read that when that's what it means jesus no, Jesus, it's just like the first time. I mean, it's not like, yeah, it's just, it's not really analogous. Oh. <laughs> See, you didn't even fall into his trap this time. Like there was no trap. <laughs> no, there was a trap. I fell into it. I got mad again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What else uh, for shenanigans with you guys? Um, I like the music in 308 uh, during the breakout. It sounded a lot like Battlestar. Like, I don't know if that was on purpose, but there were... I think I think a lot of things feel like Battlestar. It just the, the sound of it. It, like, definitely... Yeah. Remind, and, like, some very interesting cinematography in 309 where, like, everyone was shot overhead. Um, yeah, the end. That's not really great shenanigans. Sorry, everyone. Okay. Well, that's it's a cool story. You know what? Are, were we were we even discussing three hundred eight at all? I don't think. Uh, three nine ten. Eleven, no. Okay. So um, <laughs> let's move on to our uh, well. No, actually, three hundred eight is oh, the one. Oh, sorry. Maybe I'm thinking three hundred nine. I don't remember. Maybe. 
At this point, we don't even know anymore. Who knows? Um, well, actually. <laughs> yeah. So I just realized this yesterday. I don't know why uh, it took me this long. But the whole commander lineage thing, it's like, so if it's not common knowledge. Why not just lie? It doesn't seem to be. Like, yeah, Ontario could have listed the Spice Girls, the Animaniacs, mm-hmm. the Street t- and the Three Stooges, and including that Shemp motherfucker. And and who's going to know? Who's going to know if she's right or not? Right? Because also, like, wouldn't the flame people be the one to be like, that's correct. And meanwhile, it's Murphy. So... I mean, she could just be well, like naming like, off like anything and be like, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies. And the flame keep and Murphy's like, yes, that is correct. You win thousand dollars and a free shopping trip to Sears. Still around Sears. Yeah. It, yeah, it's so in this vague uh, gray, gray area where it's like they know it when they hear it, but they can't. <laughs> they can't. <laughs> kind of like, like porn. So like, yeah, that yeah, sounds I'll right. And then they immediately forget it. Like they can't. They no one writes it down. I guess they can't. They don't have writing, but it's like no one memorizes it. And they just I forget just, it immediately. They recognize it and then they forget it. I just don't understand. Like, how would any of these ambassadors know? Like, is it like I, I just? It makes no fucking sense. Um, what about you guys with your well? Actually, so I have a quick one, but then like I want to like get into one of yours, Shaheen. Like looking at looking at this. Um, mine yeah. is just like <laughs> why? Like Clark is riding through the fucking forest. Why is she on the whitest, giantest horse? Like we have the best horses. Would we yeah. not just? Why wouldn't you want a brown horse to like ride through the shadows? It's not we like Titus took her to like this the whitest, gigantic stable and was like, choose whatever, whatever horse so you Clark's want. Racist? Clark. So you think it's it's symbolic, guys? Is she the white? I mean, I, of course, but it's when I say dumb. that but, like, Aiden is the it. white boy, is the only like white boy in the novitiates. Uh, he's the one who's like glorified. You guys are like, no, that's for other reasons. And then the fucking white horse. Are we seriously going to be like, oh, is, it's the the little white kid is a is a racial thing? I mean, he is a white man. Oh, I, I, I'm falling, I'm falling, I'm falling, I'm falling to the trap. <laughs> so, so okay, so Joe, I'm going to predict which one of Shaheen's you want to talk about. It's the ones that 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 refers to sex and getting high. Is that the one you want to discuss? Yes, but not for the reasons that you think. <laughs> Okay, so Shaheen, what is your well actually? Yeah, so if Raven wants to shove Ali out through sensory overload, why not just get high and have sex? Has she never done that before? <laughs> that will shove her, shove her right out of your mind. <laughs> Interesting use of the word shove. Um, uh, like, who? With whom would you suggest? Because, <laughs> uh. Jasper seems willing. Ugh. Um, I mean, here's, I think they're slim pickings. Yeah, like I'm sure Jasper's willing, but you're you're asking for a sensory overload. Uh, like when I mean, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But when that I is, look at Jasper, I is, don't think like on the first go round, like great. You know, he would be clearly out kicking his coverage on on that one if he gets with Raven. Yeah, like yeah. She doesn't. She doesn't have time to teach him anything. She's got to get Allie out now. Yeah. <laughs> she can't be like it puts. The but he probably the has the hookup on weed, so he could be useful. Probably. 
Yeah, it's not like Jasper hasn't spent like the last three months completely blitzed out of his mind or anything like he's that. He's got he's got a stash somewhere. Okay. Are you are you offering Shaheen? Uh, I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> if I and have, I have to, the weed, don't no, sound so put out. out. <laughs> no. I didn't say weed. By the way, it could be anything. <laughs> Could be alcohol. I mean, you never know. Mm. Um, no, you don't get high on alcohol. Well, you get something. You get I low. Mean, yeah. Well. <laughs> <clears throat> low. Let's see what. Okay. All right. So let's wrap this shit up, guys. Um, <clears throat> the next episode, we're going to be covering the last four episodes of season three, which is 13 through 16. So we will be wrapping up our rewatch of all seasons. Uh, in our next podcast. And then after that, we don't know what we're doing. Um, I think we're going to do some theme podcasts, which I'm sure will be excruciatingly painful for me as I fall deep into some traps set by Shaheen. <laughs> yes. This is the I don't know how this got established that I set up traps. I, I did not consent to any of this. <laughs> don't, don't engage, Jen. Just don't engage. He's like, me, little old me. Oh, put pish posh. Um, so <laughs> let's talk about TV shows to recommend. Uh, I can't believe that Shaheen actually has something he's... Do you recommend this, Shaheen, or are you just watching this? Um, well, I'm watching The Ma- uh, Man in the High Castle uh, on your recommendation, Amazon. Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, actually, a, a friend of mine or a friend of my friend uh, recommended it to me a while ago, and then your recommendation, so I thought I would check it out and I'm paying for Amazon Prime so why not um and it's interesting I like the premise this was for you Dan <laughs> um yeah I like the premise but I feel like it could have been more subtle and more sophisticated in its execution um this kind of like uh, the Nazis and the Japanese are like the stereotype of what you think they would be so far, but maybe it'll get better. Um, so I'll, I'm still watching it. I remember it Hopefully, like, I, I've heard that it picks up. It definitely as, picks up from know, what I remember. On. Like I remember yeah. being like, okay, so. this is okay. And then I remember enjoying it a lot towards the end. Yeah. The end. Okay. Well, that's one I haven't checked out yet. Um, uh, I, I also have Amazon Prime because I'm not a savage and I just, I haven't had time and it doesn't really, uh, it doesn't really interest me. Um, I'd rather be watching Pretty Little Liars. Okay. Because I am a garbage person. Joe, what are you watching? <laughs> um, the Good Place, which is adorable and Luke Cage because it's fucking awesome. Okay, so I haven't watched Luke Cage yet. I have no doubt that it's fucking awesome. Um, the Good Place, I have to disagree with you. I, I mean, be wrong all you want, but... <laughs> I I don't understand how I could not like a show by the creator of Parks and Rec. It is the creator, yeah. right? Um, but there's something a few degrees off about this show that just is not clicking with me. Um, I just... Uh, I find some of this, the... I just, I can't with the show. I'm sorry. I just that must be hard for you. But Luke Cage, though, am I right? Um, I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. I know I'm bad. 
There's just so much TV to watch know, now. Why are you watching garbage? Because I am a garbage person. We've established this. Don't you aspire? Um, <clears throat> I no, clearly not. I do not aspire. Um, so there's the world uh, outside of the can, Jen. The garbage can. There's a, in relation to Luke Cage, um, NYCC has happened this weekend. We've got, um, let's see, uh, Iron Fist, which is the fourth Marvel show to be released on Netflix, um, wrapped production. So that's coming in March. When's Punisher 17th, coming? I think. Um, I don't. I don't even think they've started shooting yet with Punisher. I knew there. I think there was a panel in NYCC on Punisher. Um, I'm. I am so not interested in Punisher. I, I can't even. I don't know why he's never interested me. But the guy, the like the actor, is so good. Yeah. Um. I don't disagree with you there. I just. I've never liked the Punisher. Um, I guess. I guess I have the benefit of not giving, like, not really being invested in comic characters so yeah you, you're you know you're not a uh you know i a comic you don't know shit lebowski <laughs> um look at you in a pop culture reference shaheen it was like 15 years ago but whatevs it still works uh it's the life the dude abides <laughs> oh my god uh, okay, so um, it's alive and well. The tradition think, goes on. I think the other, like the most exciting news that that I think that came out in regards to any of the Marvel properties at uh, uh, New York Comic Con was when uh, they had they had the the they had all the four actors from Luke Cage, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Iron Man. Fist. Uh, I'm sorry, Power Fist out on stage and. Sigourney fucking Weaver <laughs> walks out on stage. She is going to be the big bad for the Defenders movie. How did they get Sigourney movie. Weaver? I have no clue how they got it, but that is quite like I love impressive. Her. Um, seeing a female villain, and if if they do her right, which when it comes to comic book villains, it's always it's always a crapshoot. I'm so excited about the Defenders movie. I think I, I, I love what Netflix is doing with the Marvel properties. Um, the other, the other, so the, the TV show that I would recommend, I told you guys this was going to be the new hotness. I was really, really excited about seeing this, but after I have seen the first episode, I am full on touching myself over it. Ooh. Westworld is the shit, guys. Um, it's really, <sighs> It's one of those shows that needs a couple to, a couple extra viewings because there's so many subtle mysteries that they've started and subtle ways that they've treated some of the the scenes that it is it, it's really intriguing. Um it's it's basically Android Cowboys. Uh I like so both it's, these it's, things. it's gonna be awesome. Yes. Uh the acting is phenomenal. Like um, you actually had well, Anthony Hopkins actually had a, a scene stolen from him in the first episode. Um, uh, actually, this this actor got the scene of the week from from uh, one of the TV one of the TV mags out there. Um, it's it's really really great, guys, and I think it's going to have some mind blowing moments. Hopefully, I have not watched the second episode. It, uh, HBO released it a couple of days early. 
bless them. But um, so now I have the choice. Do I watch Westworld tonight or do I watch the shit show that is going to be the presidential debates? I don't know. But that's that's what I'm watching. I highly recommend Westworld. Shaheen, I think you dig this show, dude. Um, So if you have a way to watch it, I would recommend checking it out because it's it's androids and talking about the nature of existence and you know what makes us human <laughs> versus not i guess and cowboys pew, pew. all right so uh just a reminder check us out on facebook and the twitter at may we geek again and uh until next time guys may we geek again <laughs> take it easy guys Bye.